People want more democracy, not less. It's time to talk progressive politics and practical solutions with Joy Silver. Outspoken from Radio 111. Now, here's Joy. Hello, defenders of democracy. I have a voice and I'm going to use it right here on Outspoken at Radio 111. And today our guest is Ruben Perez. He was elected to the College of the Desert Board of Trustees in 2018 by a landslide victory. When elected, he became the first Latino and first locally born trustee to ever serve on the Board of Trustees. He currently serves as the youngest chair and trustee in the College of the Desert history. And actually, he's the youngest trustee in the United States. How are you today, Ruben? Hey, Joy, I'm doing well. Thank you for that that gracious introduction, and thank you for allowing me the time to come on today. So many of us want to hear about this controversy and College of the Desert, and we're really happy that you agreed to come on the show today. But before we get into some of the nitty-gritty of what's going on, tell our listeners what you do as chair and trustee and what your responsibilities are in your position. Sure. So my role as chair is I help run the board of trustees meetings on a monthly basis. And um, as a trustee, uh, we are our role is to create policy um, for the college and uh, serve as a fiduciary for the institution as well. And it is indeed in that part of your role as fiduciary, I think, and also to the actual organizing of College of the Desert. And certainly many questions are being asked about the expansion. And it's almost become a, an East versus West Valley issue, it seems to me. I know that Palm Springs City Attorney accused, and I say accused, but he accused the college of violating the Brown Act which is uh, California's local government transparency law. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, You have some comments on the Brown Act and transparency? Sure, well, to your your point, Joy, about the East versus West, it seems as as if there's always the East versus West um, uh, difference um, going on um, as it relates to the, the relationships that we have here in the Coachella Valley. Um, as your question of regarding the Brown Act, um, I, I, I'm all for, and we on the board are all for transparency, uh, most definitely. Um, we have a board attorney, uh, Carlos Campos, who is a comes from a very, very well-respected uh, law firm here in the Coachella Valley, Best Best and Krieger, who advises us on and is a part of every one of our board meetings. And he's never made any allusions or, or referred any references to us um, making any board act violations. Well, one of the things that it said in an article was that College of the Desert was caught sharing issues surrounding land and campus facilities privately during board meetings and were not executing those comments publicly. And this seems to be the issue, although COD trustee B. Gonzalez certainly defended Superintendent President Garcia. And she said that the previous superintendent and president was really at fault there. Do you have any comments or opinions on that? Sure. So the um, the 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 closed closed session agenda uh, processes or creation, if you will, was a precedent that was set by the the previous 
superintendent president. Now, um, we're not accusing anybody of intentionally wanting to, um, you know, uh, commit a, a, a Brown Act violation. I, I, I think that under his purview at the time and under the the um, advice of previous uh, or other board attorneys, he was able to do so in that way. So you're saying that there was a set of rules that were established for closed meetings previously, and you feel that this was following along with that line? Correct. Okay. Well, the Palm Springs City Council certainly has been speaking out about their disappointment in the College of the Desert and the ongoing promises of building new campuses in the Western Valley. And they've been quite vocal about that. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, most definitely, um, Joy. I, I, I think like, like any any city or community, they're advocating for, for their constituency group, which I, I commend them for. I think um, uh, there we have never the board has never come out and said that we are not intending on building a campus in Palm Springs. We we fully intend on doing so. Uh, we just want to make sure that our uh, you know everything is aligned and our our ducks are in a row, if you will, as it relates to the project. What is the cause of the delay? Well, there's been a, a, a few different reasons, and I and uh, and I'll be honest with you, Joy. This is my my fourth year on the board, so I don't know all the the nuances or or backdoor deals that went on behind the scenes. Um, we've we've asked staff to provide us with more information. Dr. Garcia has has asked staff for her executive cabinet, the ones who are who are here from previous leadership, and those now to look for for documents with more information as to how we got to this point and no one can seem to, to locate any specific records. Uh, what we do know is that the campus started off as a, a liberal arts campus and has now evolved over the years and I and I wouldn't be able to, to tell you as to why. Um, we simply don't, I simply don't know, nor does Dr. Garcia, but um, the campus has changed iterations a few different times and with um, all the trustees going on record as stating that they had never seen nor approved the the schematic in its current form nor did the trustees know or approve who was on the uh, executive committee as has been alluded to um in my opinion i think this campus would have been completed had it stayed in its original iteration and if it if it wasn't the trustees making this these decisions and um I, I think there's a pretty safe guess as to who was unilaterally making these decisions without the board approval. This will be quite the investigation, I imagine. I'm, what's the plan there? How, how will you uncover these these issues and how you how will you get to the truth? You're the chair, so in a sense, you have to keep that momentum going forward. Yes, most definitely. Um, so as I mentioned, we, uh, the plan is to, to build our campus. We're, we're moving forward. We actually have a a um, community forum uh, via Zoom on Thursday, August fourth at five thirty. You can find the link on our website where we're asking the community to give input on the architectural design of the campus. And I believe this will be the first time this has ever been done. Is that for the West Valley campus or the East Valley campus? That's for the West Valley campus. That's on this Thursday, August 4th? Yes, this Thursday, August 4th at 5.30. How can people find that link? 
you can go on our website. It should be on the front, on the very front page. Talk to me about another issue, and this really concerns Cathedral City. I know there was a lot of contention about this particular program, and, and, and I'm not quite clear on it at all here, um, but the Roadrunner Automotive Training Center in Cathedral City, this was canceled for Cathedral City. Can you talk a little bit about what happened there and what the plan is at this point? Sure. So it wasn't necessarily canceled. Uh, it was, we'll call it a, a pause, if you will, um, just for lack of better words where um, Dr. Garcia came in. We had um, these projects um, at, at a, a really huge scope, uh, big magnitude projects um, that she just wanted to take a look at. Um, you know, as uh, she came in, things are, these are big scale projects. Things have gotten more expensive. And I think as any responsible leader coming into a, a new institution, she just put a, a hold on it, uh, had some questions that, that needed to be asked. Um, and then we we um, we move forward um, after we got input from the community, um, and after we we looked to see if there were going to be other cheaper alternatives, which we found out that there wasn't. So we decided it'd be best that we move forward with the uh, the current plan. So there seems to have been, and, and this was something that uh, the Palm Springs City Manager Justin Clifton had said. There were reports as recently as October 2021 indicating that this was a $345 million campus and it was at a certain phase of completion. But what you're really saying now is that this has not been a commitment that is going forward in the way that it was planned. Is that what I'm hearing you say? So we're all I'm saying is that we're 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 looking we're looking at it and we're taking input from the community, um, and we're still trying to figure out the, the scope and scale of what the project is gonna look like. Um, as, you know, things have gotten more expensive, the cost of materials and the cost of labor, um, we don't know. Um, and those are things that we're, we're, all, we're trying to figure out. And those studies that were done, um, if they're, I would even call them that, um, they were um, premature. So some of the Palm Springs campus was included in November's monthly bond report, and that was for Measure B. And the Valley voters passed that $346.5 million education bond as far back as 2004. And it was to include programs for hospitality and culinary arts and also digital media, entertainment studies, a center for excellence for healthcare education and sustainable technology. Is this part of the ongoing plan for College of the Desert in the West Valley? Because we do know, particularly, especially when you're looking at hospitality, that this is indeed something that affects certainly the whole Coachella Valley, but in particular, Palm Springs. Yeah, uh, most definitely, Joy. Um, you know, when, when voters voted and approved the bond, they, they approved general language for, for construction projects. And um, I encourage the public to go back and read what they approved, they, uh, the actual bond language and not the, the flyers that may have come in the mail um, a- a- advocating to vote in support, but um, the, the actual bond language. And you can find that information on, on our website under the Citizens Bond Oversight uh, tab. Um, and I would also like to, to uh, plug in the fact that we have had no audits on these bonds that have come back clean. Um, but there was never really any specific language regarding the construction of a boutique hotel or uh, who our own students will never be able to afford. 
Um, and I'm not saying I'm against the hotel either, but I do think that it warrants a conversation. Um, should we invest in the building of a hotel with public dollars? Is it legal? Um, questions like that. Palm Springs has beautiful hotels. Are there partnerships we may be able to explore and be able to uh, save dollars that way? How, how we ask our students um, and our prospective students, is this something that they want? Um, and other, what other programs are they going? Are we going to offer? Um, is it, it's safe to say that most of the students, this project, um, despite being built in the West Side, aims to target um, students in my district. And many, many students in my district, their family uh, members work in hospitality, and many don't want to do that. Many parents don't want that for their for their children either. So, we can offer students other career paths, and other other than uh, cooking and cleaning. And not that there's anything wrong with those career choices either, but um, if that's one passion, but um, we need to make sure that we offer students different different career, career paths. Um, I'll give an example. My, my partner, her mother, she works in hospitality, and um, she would never want that for her children. She's, she's told them herself. So we need to make sure that we offer our students uh, different options. So in a hospitality and culinary arts program, aren't we looking at a series of more than, well, it's all about service. We understand that, but aren't, isn't this sort of the hospitality of the future that we're looking at here rather than what's presently defined as hospitality? Yeah, so those are, those are uh, questions that we're looking at getting into, uh, Joy. We're, having, we're looking at having conversations with our, our faculty as to what programming they would like to see, what programming they, they recommend, uh, what program they see, programming they see the students um, signing up for. They, the faculty has never had any input as to what would be on this uh, future West, uh, West Valley campus. So we're asking them for their input that way, because they're, they're the ones who know our students best. So there was never a study done among the population that would be accessing these educational programs as to what they were looking for in terms of programs. That's kind, that's what you're saying? There is never, correct, there was never any uh, input from the prospective students and from the, the instructors as well. Well, that does seem like it would be a bit important. I'm, I'm a bit shocked to find out that nothing like that happened, but I do know that certainly things like the automotive and I think some of the programs are things that we would see as necessary for education, but it would be important also to get a weigh-in from those who would be attending the schools. I can certainly see your point about that. Let me ask you a little bit about some of the issues that have recently come up, and that is that the city of Palm Springs has sent the College of the Desert a $5.7 million offer to purchase just under the 120 acres of land in the city's northern end which was once slated to become COD's West Valley campus. So the condition is that COD agrees to build the campus at its new planned location, which was the Palm Springs Mall, and to do so at the scope that it was originally proposed. What is going on with that offer? And doesn't that seem like that would be a good thing to do? Yeah, so it's, it's a little hard for me to, to speak on, these, uh, on this since there is um, attorneys involved, um, but I... I I do want to share that the, the college is an escrow to sell this property at, to an affordable housing developer, and it's been stuck there for nearly a year. 
um, around when all this, uh, I guess, quote unquote controversy, if you will, came about um, and started up. So, um, Joy, I'll ask you to ask your friends at the city um, the same question. That would be a good question to, to ask, and certainly we will be looking more into this subject. I don't think this subject's going away anytime soon, that's for sure. But didn't COD already get that land for free originally? Yeah, so that that transaction predates me, but from my understanding, uh, the land was given to College of the Desert for free in order to build the campus in that, that north uh uh, that that property on the north the north side of the city. So, will COD be accepting the city's offer, or are you're not in a position to say that? I, I'm not in a position to to say that at the moment. However, I, I will say that COD has had or attempted to, um, or is attempting to sell the land, I guess, um, to an affordable housing developer, but we just haven't been able to. Um, and it's not from our doing. I see. I understand that since she's taken office, Superintendent President Martha Garcia has been hesitant to commit for specific plans for a campus at the site of the old mall, and that she is waiting to review more data uh, before proceeding. Now, I think that's causing quite the controversy that that land has already been cleared to for a go-ahead for building there at that particular mall. What is the um, what is the plan for that particular piece of property? So the West Valley campus will will go on that property. The um, plans that she's waiting on and um, uh, everything that she that you alluded to are is exactly what I was referencing um, earlier in our conversation regarding the. The uh, input from our faculty and students, the um, community forum that we'll, we'll be having on Thursday. Um, we basically just need more. We need more data. We need more input um, before we can create and even get to the point where we can um, start talking about scale. Well, one thing is for sure, um, and having, you know, being in construction and development myself, I must say that the longer the process goes on, the more expensive it becomes to be able to build. Certainly, we know the increase in costs just, they're not going backwards anytime soon. And so this kind of delay will for sure make this an even more expensive proposition. Is there any timeline that you see the trustees committing to, or at least identifying in terms of what that timeline is going to look like before a decision of any kind can be made as to how to move forward. It's, it's hard to, and I know that this is the, 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 the question, right, that everybody wants to know, but um, it, it's, really, it's really difficult to give a timeline, uh, Joy, if I'm, being, if I'm being honest. We have, you know, experts that we work with, um, and we're asking them these same questions. And um, at the moment, they just can't provide it for us. They, um, there's too many steps that need to be done um, before we can give an actual date and timeline. Um, the, and it's, it's unfortunate that it, it really has gone to this point because um, it, 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 it was so premature. Um, the, the way it was communicate, the communicated um, previously was that the campus was in, in further development stages when in 
reality it's been it's it's in really early development and so we're expecting more communication with the community which i think you even talked about having this meeting on thursday this is something that all communities i think need is that constant updating and so what i'm gathering here is that some kind of plan for communication is being built and then disseminated would i be right in saying that yes that's a correct statement All right. Well, Ruben, I don't envy you being chair and being a trustee at this point in time. Controversy is not an easy place to be, but I want to thank you for coming on and speaking with us. And we have been talking to Ruben Perez, and thank you so much for being with us. This is Joy Silver right here at Outspoken on Radio 111. Stand up, fight back, because this is what democracy looks like. 